And we're live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sheep Kishir Podcast. Here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I am your host, Austin Creed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. So today we're going to touch on a little more religious topic. We're going to talk a little bit about how popular culture ties into the church. Because the church and politics are very closely related. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know what to tell you. If you don't know, if you don't see it, then you're kind of blind. I hate to tell you that, but you kind of are. But regardless, we're talking about Jesus and the and the Jezebel spirit today. We're going to talk about how Jesus' bride, the church, has been really destroyed by the Jezebel spirit. So for those of you who are not religious, you can stick around. You're more than welcome to learn about all this because it ties into your everyday life more than you might expect. But for my Christian brothers and sisters out there, this is what this one's for you because you will not believe what I saw over this weekend. So first of all, I wasn't on the air yesterday because my cousin was getting married this weekend. And it really seeing my cousin get married was it was a wonderful experience, I got to tell you. It it's something that brings the whole family together and it's something you don't really see a whole you don't see a lot of weddings going on really anymore. And if you hear more about divorce and you hear about marriage, which is really sad. But I'll tell you this. It made me realize something. It made me realize why marriages are going out of control. And why the marriage rate is down. Why the participation in the church is down. In fact, you won't believe the article I pulled up. Here. Here. I want to I wanna show this to y'all. Just give me... One second here. Look at this. My friends, look at this. There's a new study out saying that young men are leaving the church in droves, my friends. Look at this. It says they conducted a survey with over just over 4,000 respondents for the purposes of the study. And look at the results. The results say it took men tw- ages 27 to 45, and here's what they found. It says, in a striking statistic, 96% of all young men aged 27 to 45 reported that they are at least two years removed from their religious peak, with almost 70% saying they are 10 or more years removed from the church. 10 years, 70%. They may ask, Austin, why is that? What, what is, first of all, why should I care? And second of all, why does this even matter? Well, I'll tell you why it matters. As much as some of you might hate it, especially if you're a communist, you might hate this, but America was built on Judeo-Christian values. And the more these Judeo-Christian values are destroyed uprooted and replaced with something disgusting we create this this frankenstein of a culture that's disgusting and people want traditional relationships but they're not willing to be traditional and we're going to get more into that in a second but i mean what do you say to a thing like this who's to blame why is this happening young men especially why are 
Why are young men stepping out of the church? Well, I have a general idea. Yeah, that's right. I have a general idea of why they're doing it. It's because the Jezebel spirit has reached the church. Now, what do I mean by the Jezebel spirit? Well, I'll, I'll bring it up. Here it is. So, for those of you who don't know who Jezebel was, she was the she was the queen of King Ahab, who was king of Israel, thousands of years ago. But she was very famous. Look, I'll read it what this says right here. Crosswalk.com. I'll read you what they said. Since many of us have heard the story of Jezebel in the Bible, the evil queen of Israel who murdered God's prophets and reinstituted the worship of foreign idols, right? But what is the spirit of Jezebel exactly? Well, get ready for it. Y'all ready for this? I'll tell you. Here it is. The Jezebel spirit term is often used to describe someone who is cunning, uh, dubious, or likes to deceive, is a seducer, and likes to tear apart marriages, churches, and other entities like that. But this is this is where the kicker comes in. Y'all ready for this? Here it is. It says, a Jezebel is also someone who uses sexual persuasion to get someone to do something for her. How many people in the culture today do you see doing this? How many... What does feminism teach girls to do every single day of the week? To use their sex as a weapon against men especially, but against other women as well who don't go along with the program. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. Is weaponize your sexuality. I mean, hello? We see it every single day. It's, if you don't see it, I don't know what world you're living in. I'll keep reading here. It says, when someone else calls a person a Jezebel, they mean a few things. By this, they first mean it typically refers to a crafty person. Jezebel didn't often do dirty work herself. Instead, she convinced other people to do it for her. That's number one. And second, they all oh, they bring up this. This is a good story. They bring up a man called uh, Nabuth. He was he refused to sell land to the king, which under biblical law they. Couldn't force him to sell it, according to the first kings. And so what she did was she framed this guy and then got him killed to take his land on the cheap. Now, you may not see that as a direct example to the modern day because we don't deal in such archaic notions. But don't you think it's strange when you see... Women getting pretty much everything they want using usually their sex or their bodies as weapons against men or weapons against the, the quote-unquote patriarchy. You ever see that? I see it all the time. And it's really annoying. And then they want to, the, on top of it all, you know what the worst part is? The worst part is when I call it out and then they're like, oh, what are you talking about? I, I don't do that. You must be reading into it. What kind of women do you hang out with? Like the gaslight the crap out of me by telling me that, oh, I'm not doing that. When I'm like, I just, I just saw you do it. It's like a kid when they get your hand in a cookie jar and they're holding the cookie in their hand in the cookie jar. And the mom comes over and says, what are you doing? And they're like, nothing. Are you um, trying to get a cookie? No, your hand is literally in the jar. Like, hello, if you're going to lie, make it at least not obvious. My goodness. All right. Ugh. I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. 
Calling someone a Jezebel could also hint at their wicked nature. Jezebel in the Old Testament embodied wickedness. But most likely this so-called wickedness comes from in a form of adultery or sexual sin. Sexual sin permeates our entire culture. And it has breached into the church itself. Just look at the statistics we just brought up of young men are leaving in droves. Now let me tell you something. If the young men could find amazing, beautiful Christian wives in the church, they'd stick around. If their pastor wasn't a gump, like Forrest Gump, and said, Oh, it's not it's not her fault, it's your fault. Yeah. Either A, you weren't listening, B, you ain't hitting it right, or C, it's a combination of you're not getting in touch with your feelings and and you're not giving her what she needs. When's the last time let me ask you something? When's the last time somebody asked you as a man what you want out of a relationship? Hmm? Huh? Yeah? What? Oh, never? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Never. No one cares. Here's the key takeaway from the study we were talking about earlier. Here it is. The brutal reality is here and should give all of us pause. I agree. I agree. Here it is. Most young men, either de-churched and churched, are less uh, at least a decade removed from the height of their religious experience. Here's the number one thing. Most young men are far removed from their experience. So that means the religion they were raised with, or maybe they were involved in the past. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're out of touch with it. They don't care about it anymore. They're uninterested. Now, let me ask you something. Why? Why would they be uninterested? Maybe because... Let me ask you something. If you're, let's take gender out of it. Let's take all of this out of it for a second. If you're a young guy listening to the show right now, here's my question. After high school, let's pretend they're not getting married, okay? What are you going to do in a church? Huh? What are you going to do? You're kind of in no man's land, right? What are you going to do? You're going to maybe get back involved in the youth group again? You're going to go to a so-called college group? Where half the people there are not even going to college. They're just kind of bummy. Or they're going to trade school and they're hard to relate to. Like, what do you do? The church is built off of marriage. So when you are not married, you feel like an extra in the church. Like a leftover. And it sucks. Trust me, I'm that way right now. It sucks. It's awkward. Which is why I'm writing a whole book about this. It's called The Biblical Bachelor. I'm writing a whole book on this. I think it's extremely important for young men to know that A. Stop with the whole um, unrealistic expectations. Let me put it to you this way. If you're a young guy aged oh, 16 to 30. And they're trying to tell you. Oh you shouldn't have sex till you're married. <laughs> Meanwhile they've been married for like 25 years. It's like mm -hmm. thank you. Thank you, mister. I haven't been in the dating game since, like, the early 2000s, maybe the, to the 80s. I mean, hello? People are so out of touch with the young male experience today, with social media, the feminist garbage that's going to poison on us every day of the week. And all these gump simp men always telling us what to do, how to think, blah, 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 blah. I'm sick of it. I know you're sick of it too, and that's part of the reason why young men are saying, you know what, I'm done with church. Because all they're telling me to do is to marry some single mother who's got tattoos on her eyeballs, who's got two kids, 
two badass nappy kids, and then, or you try to get with some girl who's has more body counts than both your parents' ages combined. Like, I get it. I'm using extreme examples. But don't you think it's strange that around the ages of 25 to 30, suddenly women start entering the church, and they're usually single moms, or they, uh, mm, they've been in these streets, and all of a sudden they want you, the good Christian Boaz, to be their, to be the Boaz of their Ruth. Meanwhile, they had never been married, or most likely, and if they were married, their husband didn't die, and if they, I mean, you you get what I'm you get what I'm saying here, okay? The, they prey on you. They're being the apex predator. They call you the predator. Meanwhile, they're hunting you. You gump sip. They're hunting you. Let's keep going here. Number two, religious men. I mean, sorry, young religious men are in desperate need of religious intervention. By whom? The old pastor who had been married for 50 years doesn't understand how the young man works anymore. Ain't been young in 40 years. Or the youth pastor who's like 50 and tries to dress like he's 25. I mean, look, I'm not trying to mock these people. I'm trying to understand, trying to get the church to understand they're dropping the ball here. And then they wonder why... The young men are dropping out of the church in droves. It's because they're doing the whole thing wrong. They are not... They're they're basically telling you, we don't care about you. But we still expect you to show up on Sunday and help us at all these charity events. And help us do this. And help us do that. And we might throw you a men's breakfast every two months. Sorry, not enough. And then I'm going to get somebody in the comment section saying... Oh, well, it's not about what you get in return. You should just give and give and give and expect nothing. Uh, hello? Um, where's the realism in that exactly? If my time is valuable, and I get next to nothing in return, or I'm investing in something that literally doesn't care about me at all, or only says they do, meanwhile they act completely different, how in, why would I do that? How and why? See, these are just these are questions no one else is gonna ask because I'm a I'm a mean person for asking this question. They're like, oh my goodness, you just you just should you just should no, sorry, not enough. That's not cutting anymore, and clearly I'm not alone here. Statistically, I'm not alone anymore, so I could say this. These young dudes who they're saying they should be in the church are on Instagram are probably on the hub, are probably doing all these things, and no one's talking about what they need. No, where's the young men's group where it's not just, so, um, yes, you young men, even though I'm three times your age, I'm going to tell you exactly what we did uh, 60 years ago, as if it's the same culture, as if it's the same stuff being put in popular culture. It's not. People need to upgrade to the current time. They need to listen to guys like me talking about this issue. You want to know how to get rid of the Jezebel spirit in your church? Uh, number one, read Paul and learn about what he said that people should wear in the church. Young, hey, yeah, you young men, or even middle-aged men, older men, men in general, you walk into church today and you see women wearing these like these these low-cut skirts, you know, their 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 boobs all up, you know, pushed with the push-up bra, all like all in your face, 
and all this all over the place and, and stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Especially the young girls. Yeah. Like, that are my age. Yeah. Uh, where, where's the pastor's wife telling them, uh, you ain't wearing that. You ain't dressed like a skank in my church. Nope. Nope. They ain't doing none of that. They're like, oh, we need to be accepting. We need to, we need to be very delicate and we need to be accepting and tolerant. Mm -hmm. So, we're not going to listen to Paul. We're just going to do what we want because we don't want to scare people away. They got to shape up or they're going to get out. Like, hello? There's a culture here. How in the hell is a young guy supposed to focus on what the pastor is saying or trying to praise Jesus in the church? Meanwhile, the girl in front of him wearing yoga pants... And wearing a push-up bra like she's about to go work out in the gym. What kind of church is this? Why, why is this happening? Do you think that Jesus would have stood for this crap? Do you think that you should be standing for this? I don't think so. Now, I'm not saying you send them home and, and, and embarrass them. I'm just saying you have the pastor's wife. You have the um, elder's wife. You have the deacon's wife. You come up there. And you have the, you have the women handle it, by the way. Not you. Not you. Don't do that. It's all they're gonna do is be like, "Oh, you old and 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 you just superb because you were looking at me." Meanwhile, they all dressed up for attention, and they're gonna be all blaming you. That's why you need to have a girl do this. I need to call them out and say, "Hey, you know what? That might work at your gym. That might work where where you work. That might work wherever you're go where somewhere else." Not here, not at my church. And you laid a law down. Because that will scare the apex predators away, and that will bring in the women who actually want to be good wives, and that will make sure the good men stay to help be good husbands. You see how that works? Rule one for any party when the girls are there, the guys will follow. That is how it works. The church is no different. I know you don't like to think about it in the same terms, but it's very true. You look at the church, when there are no good-looking young girls who are very Christian, and they actually follow what the Bible says, they don't just put a Bible verse on their Instagram, and then act like a complete skeezer. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I know you know who you are, okay? Why would men stay in a church if they're being told, oh, you just a lecherous man, and, and, and these girls can dress whatever they want, and, and if you look at them with lust, then that's on you. Well, technically, yes, they shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be looking at it with lust. You know what they also shouldn't be doing? Dressing like a harlot in my church. But they'll leave out that part. You could tell this sits pretty close to home for me. Because, my friends, look at these statistics for God's sakes. You really think I'm alone with this? I'm clearly not. I'm not just screaming out in the wind here and it's my problem. No, my friends. Apparently a lot of people agree with me. And they're, and they're not even going to say what I'm saying. They're just going to walk away. There's no exit card of, oh... We're sorry you're leaving the church. Please tell us why. We're not, you're not ending your Amazon subscription. They'll just leave church and be like, Man, F this noise, I'm out. That's what they're going to say. They're going to be like, why should I stick around? 
That's why you need to make sure that we address this issue. It's unacceptable behavior and it encourages the lowest common denominator in our church. Church should be lifting people up, not dragging the congregation down. I get it. I get it. Most people don't care about this stuff. I get it. I care a lot. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing this show today. I think it's disgusting. I think it's... I'm done with it. And clearly, a lot of men are too. Because... Let me, get, let me ask you something. How do you as a man win exactly in society anymore? And culture, you're told you have privilege. Meanwhile, everybody else is running circles around you. Especially the women. Women are running circles around you. You go to church. And they're basically telling you that you can't say what I'm saying right now without being labeled as a, a perv or a bad man. Or you're right, but you didn't like the way you said it. You know, and they, they dismiss everything you just said. Or uh, the pastor's wife gives them a talking to and convinces them that you're a bad person. And then it can, I'm not projecting, by the way. I'm using this as an example. If I need to be the anti-hero, if I need to be the guys, if I need to be like what the prophets were, where they're screaming in the wilderness until y'all wake the hell up, I will be that guy. I will be the voice in the wilderness that the prophets were in the Old Testament, waiting for y'all to shape up instead of being out here saying, oh, he just bitter and he hurt and he doesn't know what he's talking about and blah, blah, blah. I say this because I love the church. And I want the church to succeed and strive and thrive at levels we've never seen before. Because you mark my words. We are in for a spiritual awakening in the West. It's already in motion. And yet here we are in the church with the young people dropping out like flies. And the old people dying out. And what are we left with? What are we left with? I mean, come on, people. This is the problem. People won't discuss the issues the way I'm talking about it right now. And I'm even holding back still. Just a little bit, though. I'm not trying to get completely thrown off the internet. I do this because I care. And I do this because it needs to be said. I don't hear anybody else saying this. I hear people knocking on the church and calling them hypocrites and liars and whatnot. Which is, which is fair to an extent. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's true. Which is why... We need some fire and brimstone back in a church. I'm sick and tired of people saying, Oh, God is love and he loves everything about you and, and blah, 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 blah. No. What happened to the fire and the brimstone? What happened to that? Hey, you ain't going to do that in my church. Hey, you ain't going to be doing that in my church. You ain't going to be doing none of that. No. No. Where, what happened to the fire and the brimstone? The pastor was afraid to offend people because he didn't want to lose money on the tithes. I'm sick of it. And I'll clearly, according to statistics, I'm not alone. Do I need to be a pastor now to, to teach people this and go viral on the internet and have people tell me that I'm not a Christian because I don't preach about God's love and everything? Um, there are many different forms of love, number one. And number two, let me ask you something. Um, in the Old Testament and the Torah... Um, in between God, um, punishing is the, the Jews 
for multiple different things um, in between the scourges of people dying and uh, by disease, by the sword, by everything else. Um, where exactly was there a lot of um, this, this hippie love that people like to talk about? God loves people, yes. However, it's not the hippies, I'm high on pot love, where it's like, oh, yeah, man, like, we just gotta accept everybody and do all this and that. No, that's not God's love. That's not how he works. God isn't a pothead from the 60s. Okay? And yet, for some reason, everybody thinks that God is like this stoned hippie in the 60s with his love garbage. Like a, like a rainbow peace sign is, is what God stands for. No! Uh, look up Sodom and Gomorrah, my friends. And look what happens when people are too degenerate for too long. That's what happens. Fire and brimstone. And yet we want to think we're immune. Oh, I don't believe in God, so he can't hurt me. Oh, I don't believe in gravity. Does that mean I'm going to float up all of a sudden? No. Oh, I, I don't believe in the law today, so I can break any law I want, right? No. There's something called objectivity and subjectivity, my friends. God is objective. I don't care what you say. I will debate you using philosophy every step of the way. I challenge you. I challenge you. Prove to me that God doesn't exist. I can use multiple different arguments here. Yes, the burden of proof is on you, not me. Anyways, my friends, I've, I've, I've gone on long enough. I've gone on long enough. Those of you who are new to the show and you can't believe what you're hearing, well, first of all, get used to it because I'm just getting started. And second of all, feel free to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Austin Creed. Feel free to donate to the channel using the link in my Twitter bio. All proceeds come back to the show to get this out to more and more voices so we can start exposing more and more of this, of these people, popular culture, and the politicians out there. Because I need to be exposed. Too many lap dogs in the media anymore. The watchdogs are going extinct. And I'm not going to let it happen on my watch. Anyways, my friends. Until next time, God bless you. God bless your family. And God bless the United States of America. We are out of here. Have a fantastic rest of your day. We're gone.